0: x Get
1: it. X-Men. X-Men. Come on. X-Men, X-Men. X-Men, X-Men. Get it get it X-Men, Come on Hey everyone and welcome to what sure is another episode of Battle of the Atom I am, as always, your host, Zach Jenkins. With me, as I guess always, man, you know, you're not supposed to use the same word like right after this self in a sentence. It's very bad, both written and spoken language, which, you know, who would know all about that? Guy who never makes mistakes, Adam Reck. Adam, what's up? Hey,
0: how are you? I think I make mistakes, just for the record. I just want to be on the record. I make mistakes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, but you don't make mistakes on our list because right. that's what we do here. We take three X-Men stories every week and we put them on our big list from best to worst X-Men stories of all time. Right now, do you know how many stories we've got on our big old list, Adam? Holy moly. I think we have 72. Is that correct? We have 72 X-Men wow. stories. Oh, yeah, Number yeah. one is Days of Future Past. And number 72 is X-Men Phoenix, A Legacy of Fire, which is very bad. Of which oh. we do not speak. I mean, we, <laughs> we almost talk about it every week somehow. <laughs> we did this to ourselves, I and know. I just want our misery to end.
0: <laughs> but what's,
1: what's going to be worse? Nothing. We're we're like, we're like the giver. We're like the giver. <laughs> we bear the burden of memory for the community Oof. because it's too painful for everyone else. That's
0: right. Folks, don't read it. Don't do that to yourselves.
1: Actually, like if, read The Giver. It's a it's oh, a was, YA I, book. Yeah, I didn't it's mean The Giver.
0: Yeah, go go for that. Why not? Sure. Yeah,
1: The Giver The Giver is head and shoulders above Phoenix Legacy of Fire. <laughs> it's also it's also head and shoulders about this above the stories that we are talking about today. Oh, boy, all right. So uh, this episode was recommended to us by Patreon supporter RetconX. X. Nice. Yeah. And uh in case you didn't know, Retcon X actually makes music mm-hmm. based on X-Men.
0: Yeah, he really he's put good out music too.
1: Yeah. He's put out in the last 12 months two different EPs all themed around the resurrection books. Mm-hmm. It's it's really it's really cool stuff.
0: Go check it out. Blue, he's
1: got a little gold, check it out.
0: It's very cool stuff.
1: Yes. yes. If we can get the rights, we may or may not play some at the end of this episode.
0: Um, and what did he recommend? Because uh, I have a feeling we're in for a doozy today.
1: He recommended Phalanx Covenant.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: So here's the thing, guys. Before we recorded this off mic, me and Adam sat for yeah, three to five minutes saying, <laughs> I really don't want to talk about Phalanx Covenant. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> it's not good.
0: Oh, man. Um, Can I? All right, look, I'll come to Phalanx Covenant's defense here because we are going to go through each of the three, quote unquote, you know, chapters of this story. There's Generation Next, then we're going to talk about life signs, then we're going to talk about final sanction. Um, I do want to give this, you know, just before we get into each specific storyline, I will give it a little bit of credit. I remember doing a big read through. I remember getting a little bit, you know, I don't want to say bored, but when you read huge chunks of continuity at a time, it's not always super exciting. And I do remember at the time, I do remember liking this. Um, However, in revisiting it for today, uh, I can't say that I was as enthused. So, um, you know, we're going to try and make this as exciting as we as we can, um, because we know that you're taking the time to listen to us. So we appreciate it. And Recon X Man. I hope this isn't like your baby, because uh, we may say some some not so nice, great things about it. <laughs> so
1: look, I'm sure I'm sure there's people who have seen comics that they really like get put on this list mm. and get very upset about how we. Have
0: treated that? Hey, I, I, we've gotten tweets about people yelling at us from their car, which is probably the nicest compliment that we could get. That, A, you're listening to us in your car, and second of all, you want to like interact and shout us, shout at us about uh, a ranking. So if you're doing that, we, we feel like we're doing our job. So thank you for for being there. And if Phalanx Covenant is like your number one X-Men story, I don't know if you're going to agree
1: with us today. <laughs> I also feel like you may want to read more X-Men stories. Stories. Maybe. There's a lot Maybe. of good ones. We can give you an extensive list of ones that are better than Phalanx Covenant by the end of this episode. We're going to – I don't know that, all of them. Yeah.
0: So why don't we yeah. Why don't we jump into Generation Next, which essentially serves as the prequel to what we both, I think, said we really like, which is the Generation X uh, initial arc. Because um, yeah. this introduces the you know majority of that cast.
1: Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Generation Next – best part of Phalanx Covenant.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't straight hate Generation Next. All right. I think (laughs) I think Generation Next is okay. Well there there are some that's a compliment and a half. Generation next is fine. It's okay. It's a let's see who's who's on this because we got Scott Lyle. We got Joe Mad.
0: Yep. I believe we have Andy Hubert doing Uncanny. And is Lobdell writing that as well? Or is that uh, no, uh,
1: Nisieza's writing the uh, Nisieza and Kubert are doing the adjective lists? Yeah. So Phalanx Covenant generation next. Essentially, all the X-Men have been captured except for Jubilee. Yes. Bishop mm-hmm. and one prisoner of the X-Men, Sabretooth. And one. I don't think prisoner is the right word, but someone who is under their watch, Emma Frost, the White Queen.
0: Well, Bishop has has been taken because this is my favorite moment in Phalanx Covenant, is that Banshee has to, in this issue, kind of walk around and get the impression that the X-Men have all been kind of body snatched. And my favorite scene, there's a page where he walks in on Gambit and Bishop being nice to each other and working together on something. And he's like, Oh no, (laughs) he's like, this is something's definitely wrong. Like that's the moment where he figures it out. And that's such a
1: great character Uh, moment. You know, I like this weird X-Men team that we get Jubilee, Banshee, Emma and Sabretooth. Like that's a fun little that's mm-hmm. a fun little pairing. That's a fun group. Unfortunately, they don't really get to do that much,
0: no. Uh, because the the rest of this arc is very much concerned with introducing. You know, we start with getting introduced to Monet. Um, we have a whole thing about introducing Husk. Uh, you know, uh, there's a there's a whole little intro thing for Sync. I do like so everybody intro. is getting their his intro has. Become- yeah, I do too.
1: In, in a world where there was the incidents and the riots in Ferguson, Missouri, so the fact that we have uncanny X-Men – or not uncanny, excuse me, adjective lists, 36, open up with a young black kid surrounded by cops with his like hands in the air saying, I didn't do anything. That has an odd amount of resonance that definitely returned to prominence in the modern day.
0: Yeah, I would say at this moment in history, it's clearly very resonant, um, but it strikes another chord based on, you know, recurring history. So it's a a great intro. And unfortunately, like this version of Sync um, that's very grounded in reality, I feel like this version of Sync doesn't really come over to Gen X. No. You know, we see a very different version of this character um, in that book. And I don't know if it's just because it's um, Nicieza writing him here versus Lubdel writing him in Gen X, but, you know, it's a very strong intro that I don't think really transfers over.
1: Yeah. And so you get that you, you essentially the phalanx who are, they are aliens. They're like warlock, but not, that's what they are. They're techno organic.
0: Yeah. And we don't get the explanation for this until the second arc with, uh, with Douglock. But, uh, you know, what we what we do know because of a story previous to this is that Cameron Hodge has been sort of resurrected. Now we know that Stephen Lang is involved in this. And there are these weird sort of warlocky robot guys that are body snatching people and
1: taking them away. From an aesthetic standpoint, Warlock works because he's mm-hmm. the only thing like him on p- panel. Like... He's weird. He has look, he has an unappeased unappealing color scheme. The yellow and the black kind of weirdly mm-hmm. mixed. It's it makes him alien, and that's what makes warlock work. When you have entire pages inside the Phalanx Hive Mind, it's just ugly. Like it I don't like that's that design really at all. It doesn't work, it's confusing. It's just it's not. Good well it just
0: makes them a very difficult villain you know like even the way in which the phalanx is depicted from artist to artist and from arc to arc in this particular storyline it they're very different like i I'm trying to remember just who because there's different super villains within the phalanx you know there's like this the harvester and the what's the what's the other one the, the, the dragon um, one Are you that, talking that, that, the, the sheenar yeah. The Sh- yeah, you
1: know, Shane, Sh- yeah. um,
0: you know, you've got Stephen Lang, you've got Hodge. When we get to final sanction, there's another pair of characters. Like it's a lot to take in and it, it sort of loses its focus. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have a, a real central foe here. Um, it, it, you know, by basis of it being this hive mind type thing, it, you're right. It, it becomes too much.
1: Yeah. I don't, love this arc i think there's some fun stuff like i think my favorite moments of this are when you get all of what will be the generation x kids uh Mm -hmm. they're trapped in uh like what is it the gulf of mexico or something somewhere in the caribbean uh they get they get trapped in like a tanker and they have some Mm -hmm. fun interactions there and that's enjoyable yeah, Blink so is there. Let me ask, because you were actually you yeah, were actually X Manning during this time. What was the reaction to Blink? I don't know if you were tied into the general fan community or what Wizard was saying, but Blink seemed like she became a big deal pretty quick.
0: She's around for, you know, a, a Blink uh, and and is no more. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean I I didn't really think of it too much. You know what I mean? And then it became a mini series. And then, you know, it, it was, it's, it, and obviously we've got Blink coming back with a new Exile series.
1: And we've got Blink on television. We have Blink on television weekly.
0: <laughs> we've got Blink and the Gifted, which is a great character, the way they do her there. So, um, you know, I mean, here, I think it's just another character. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that the pitch for Generation X had already gone through editorial, and that yes. we were steamrolling to it. And this is going to be, you know, our cast. I, I don't know if Blink was ever considered to be part of that book, and that this was a test run.
1: I've I've actually read a bunch of stuff about how Generation X started through various uh, publications that were going on at the time. Blink was Blink was made to sacrifice herself the issue after she appeared, but okay. somehow. They were doing Age of Apocalypse. They decided, mm-hmm. well, you know, fans liked her design. They they spider Gwen her. They said, "Yeah, this is pretty cool." Like they like her. Let let's let's bring her in here because it's a fun little else worlds. Well, in this world, Blink didn't die, and she actually mm-hmm. became a big X Man, which is what they also did with uh, what's his name? Uh, Apo- or not Apocalypse. Uh, uh the other guy from the past that is a supervillain in the '90s Exodus.
0: Yeah, I think that version of Blink is more interesting. I mean, here we don't get a lot of characterization. It's more, right. and the power set is very ill-defined. Um, but, you know, I agree. Those are probably the most fun moments. I think that it's very jarring. This is a, There's really no need to go back and forth between these two titles. No. You know? Like, as a quote-unquote crossover, it doesn't really make sense why. It's just four solid straight issues telling the same story with two writers. But the jarring difference between the two art styles, uh, Joe Mad is drawing in a more cartoony style. Kubert has this, this much more um, intense lot of lines. Um, you know, it's, it's this very sort of like angry, uh, scratchy almost style it's a very big jump from one to the other and it doesn't serve the story well.
1: No, it doesn't, man. We talked about generation next a lot more than I thought we would. We should probably well, rank this bad boy. All
0: right. Yeah. Let's, let's get it on the list. Cause I think this is probably going to do the best of these three stories. So uh, where are we going here? Um, it's
1: better than that X factor uh, Vegas arc. Okay. I think it's okay. better than that. It's not better than what if the X Men stayed in Asgard?
0: No, it is not. Um, I think just by merit of leading up to Generation X, I think I liked it better than Excalibur ninety one, but I don't know that I would go higher than that.
1: No, that's that's a perfect. That's, that's a good place for it. it. The All new fifty two right. on our list: Uncanny X Men slash X Men, Phalanx Covenant generation next
0: not to and, be confused with the age of apocalypse generation next which will rank much higher <laughs>
1: yeah <that's laughs> when we finally get to good. it yes. that, that will that's a good story and yeah no one's requested and it. it's not on our radar for right now so we'll see what happens with that all
0: right well this next one maybe not that great so um life science <laughs> is this the second part with Balinx, and i think this rides or dies on whether you can even like open your mind to the weirdness that is doug Locke. Um do we so, need to explain
1: doug lock do we we well, do don't we the,
0: doug Locke doug is Locke's- interesting. i mean i was actually really excited to see doug lock um, because I, I think I'm on record as really liking the annual crossover um, that introduced an idea of Doug Locke um, in the X-Force annual in Shattershot. Mm-hmm. Um, but this version is very different from that, and it's weird. It's very strange. So do you want to you want give it a shot? Who is Doug Locke?
1: Doug Locke is the Ashes of Warlock. Mixed with the ashes, not ashes, with the memories of Doug Ramsey. And it's the worst elements of both characters and none of the good parts (laughs) of either character. That's right. And I hate him. And Uh, he's real bad at these three. Like when Ellis gets him in later Excalibur, he's not good, but he's not horrible. Like he's mm -hmm. okay. He's just fine. You make, you make
0: such a good point because like Doug as a character was fun because he was sort of the outcast nerd and he had the random power that, if, that at least occasionally came into play and was helpful. Yes. Uh, Doug Douglock doesn't seem to have that power, um, which is weird. And then Warlock, of course, is so much fun because he's whatever you want him to be. Yep. You know, he's this this wacky uh, you know, transforming cartoon character that doug lock is also not so he's two characters that are combined with none of the um none of the actual personalities of either like you said and it makes perfect sense that and this is the part of this story that i actually like is that sam and rain get a chance to reunite with this doug character and sam is legitimately like pissed Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's like who is this robot that thinks he's our dead friend and walking around? You know, that part works for me a lot. Um, Rain saying we got to give this ghost of my friend a chance—that makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. But
0: um, the story itself is a bit of a mess.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let's make sure we drop the creatives in here. This is written mm-hmm. by Scott Lobdell, Todd Zag, Dizago. And uh, Fabian Nicieza with pencils. Mm-hmm. These are three oversized issues. So pencils are yeah. by Jan Drusima, Roger Cruz, Tony Daniel, Ken Lashley, and Steve Epting. None of those are bad artists. They all do no. better work elsewhere. Like 20 plus years later, Ken Lashley's doing much better work.
0: yeah we got people sort of figuring out their game i I don't think it does this this much of a favor either in that it has to be a Duglock story but it also has to involve characters because the uncanny and x-men you knew they were going to be a crossover but this has to cross over between characters from x factor x force and excalibur can you think of a weirder like mix of characters and books at this point? Well, that's uh, it, that's what I'm thinking. Very
1: incongruous. The biggest, the biggest name, the biggest named characters in this are Nightcrawler and Shadowcat from Excalibur. Like yeah. as far as recognition, I think the next is Polaris. And no matter your feelings on Polaris, Polaris is a big step down from those two as far as just. Like people knowing who she is, like this Mm -hmm. is part of me loves the the concept of having the C list X characters just all in one giant thing. I do kind of really love that, yeah. And then it doesn't doesn't do anything. Uh, No, yeah, no, no. It takes all my hopes and dreams and ruins them.
0: Yeah, the protagonists of these of of this arc are Douglock and Forge. Which could be interesting, except it's just not. Yeah. You know, we we get a very long uh, exposition as to the origins, which really, uh, like, that the phalanx is supposed to be the selling of warlocks' ashes that I guess were retrieved by Genotians, which that part does not make sense to me, to a company that wanted to create sentinels and what um i
1: feel like all this gets retconned later i really do feel like eventually they just make the phalanx aliens
0: well that you know wouldn't that make more sense if this was like an extension of the magus you know but that's not what this is like this is an extension of trying to like weaponize warlock which okay we've already got duglock which is supposed to be warlock's ashes but then the phalanx is supposed to be warlock's ashes what um okay and then you know essentially this story does come down to like oh the phalanx built a a baby egg volcano and Douglock needs to throw himself into it and then hey we're all good you know
1: (laughs) it's protected by a dragon warlock which is kind of again it's an idea that i could love in a different circumstance all of this is an idea i could love in a different circumstance if shiner I don't know how to pronounce his name it kind of looks like shiner uh, so that's all i'm thinking of with him let's let's go with that yeah he's he's a dragon that's it they just made the bad guy mm-hmm. a dragon of this it's fine but like we talk about the huge team the huge team because it's x-force and excalibur and x-factor all together and that's a lot of characters i really like and they do nothing with them no they do nothing with these characters it's the exact same problem last episode we were talking about with ultimate x-men they have too many characters they don't Mm -hmm. know what to do with it so they sideline almost everyone
0: yeah well you you get and you get weird scenes like um professor x being bodyguarded by strong guy okay um, strong guys because they just need strong guy he but they but but again it's like they just need People to do things like they put Kitty Pride into a bubble, you know, to try and like come up with some random cure. Cause, you know, Mariah mctiger just needs something to do. So she's gonna torture somebody in the in the background, uh, you know, which is very on uh, <laughs> very in line with her character. Mm. I I don't know. There's this is and again, these like you said, these are longer issues. These are like supposed to be these big deluxe edition things, and there's a lot for nothing. It's a drag. you know, there, there's not a lot of substance. The whole yeah.
1: thing's a drag to wow. go do, through.
0: Do you think, like, Recon X is, like, listening to this crying right now? <laughs> like, I don't, is he cursing at us? Here's or, what I think. I don't here's know. what I
1: think. I think this is probably a story that has nostalgic mm-hmm. feelings for a lot of people. But also in a very real way, if you go back from a critical lens, you can see that it's not very good. Like, look, there's stories mm. I really do like. That I know are bad. It's okay. You just have to understand that it's bad, and you should feel bad for liking it. That's all I want to say. <laughs> people. Just bury that shame take it there. real deep down, because that's terrible. Where are we ranking this one? Where are we ranking? Right, yeah, life um, signs.
0: Um. Oh, geez. I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking below no more humans here. So
1: is it better or worse than Shatterstar Um, Saga?
0: Hmm. I think this makes more sense than Shatterstar Saga. I mean, this doesn't, for instance, take the third issue and turn into a manga uh, story that really has like no real sense to it whatsoever like i can understand this story from beginning to end even if i don't necessarily like it um i do think it has a you know a little bit of good character moments with uh, the new mutants characters yeah. eh, beyond that I, I don't know how much it really has to offer i don't think it's as uh, i don't know uh i
1: like heroes for Hope. x factor Fighter.
0: volume one one this to- i like heroes for Hope yeah? either. okay
1: the fact that that's- do you like the manga verse better i might like the okay. manga verse again. It's a lot of ideas that could be good and then just really aren't. Yeah, but well, I didn't almost okay. fall asleep right. reading the manga verse.
0: <laughs> well, I do think there might be some better character moments here than in X Factor Volume One, One to Six. Would you agree with that? That maybe this isn't as mean spirited with the characters. It doesn't um, this doesn't you know,
1: derail like, character development for the. Central yeah. character in x-men for just yeah. like a decade so yeah, yeah. yeah So
0: maybe that's a good place for it
1: this can be our new number 69 it is life science Ooh. all right let's just keep we trucking go. we gotta go we're almost there i can see the i can see the light we gotta talk about final sanction well and this
0: yeah, and this one's easier to to synopsize because it's essentially like, hey, let's get Wolverine and Cable to team up with Scott and Gene to go just blow stuff up. That's not a bad And there's itch. no rhyme or reason about this. That's,
1: that's not <laughs> you know? bad. Yeah, this is no. a crossover between has merit. Wolverine and Cable, Wolverine 85 and Cable 16. It's got yes. written by Larry Hama on both issues with cool. pencils by Adam Kubert and Steve Skaroki. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and again, there's new phalanx villains here. Um, some of the art is, is pretty fun. Yeah,
1: there's um, – you know, Can I tell you what I like? This is yeah. coming right after Adventures of Cyclops, Phoenix, where yes, Cyclops and Phoenix spend like 10 years on their honeymoon and they raised Cable. They raised Nathan, Christopher, Charles, Day Spring Scotty Sun, Summers. And – You know, the fact that they immediately go from that and then have to deal with the son that they knew and then lost, and then knew and lost again. It's very interesting. I do like that a lot. And there's some very good moments with that dynamic.
0: No, I agree, and Wolverine picks up on this and kind of comments on it to Cable, and um, you know, it's 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 a nice tie-in because in the first arc between Uncanny and X Men uh, and Generation Next, they do there's a brief little cameo of G- Scott and Jean that references that mini, and I, I think it's nice that they pull it back into um, this final little arc here, even if it's real short and it's just about shooting stuff and blowing stuff up.
1: Yeah, that is literally all this is. <laughs>
0: yeah which look if you're Um, gonna do a
1: wolverine and cable crossover in 1994 is did you want anything else
0: no and and this does um sort of wrap up the hodge stephen lang part of it that is not part of the um the life science part that gets ignored those two fighting
1: those two fighting is pretty good too yeah yeah i'm gonna get it because stephen lang and cameron hodge spend the entire time uh alternating between being starscream and megatron
0: <laughs> that's a good point yeah they're just kind of
1: bickering right
0: um, oh, it's it's kind of
1: great that yeah. i'm feeling better about final sanction just because it has the decency decency to be a short dumb two issues
0: uh yeah and then when they finally you know i think what's interesting about this entire sequence of of arcs is that the x-men are abducted and it's not addressed for the vast majority of the storyline you know like it's completely ignored after banshee realizes that they've been abducted in the first issue it's completely ignored in life signs for the most part because they're off trying to figure out how to defeat uh, the phalanx with Duglock. and now in the very last issue they finally free the x-men um, we do get this great splash page where Wolverine is, is flying at uh, the phalanx with the X-Men in tow. He says, lighten up, Cable. The X-Men are here, and we're down to kick butt and take names, which Beast then responds, I wouldn't put it so crudely, which is res- the Wolverine response is ridiculous. Okay, Beastie, let us pummel these louts severely about the head and shoulders.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a very. I like that look. I can see a very specific Wolverine doing that. Sure. Yeah.
0: All specifically Larry Larry
1: Hama Wolverine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is fun.
1: Yeah. I started reading some more of the Larry Hama Wolverine stuff. Just odds and ends of it. There's good stuff there. It's definitely the most GI Joe Wolverine comic I've ever read. Hey, it's a it's hundred percent what you want. Great. Yeah, it's 100% what you want if you're smashing Larry Hama with Wolverine. And those aren't – nothing against Larry Hama. He's an excellent creator, just not one of my favorites. Those are two flavors that I necessarily love separately. So mm-hmm. together, it's like, yes, I see what you're going for. For someone, this is very good. Not me, but for someone.
0: hey. I mean, this is as advertised Wolverine and Cable blowing stuff up. Cable's got his like full on John Romita Jr. blood and uh, what's that? Uh, Missing the miniseries. What's this? Blood and metal. Blood and metal guns. Like they're as tall as he is. Uh,
1: He does have some very large. weapons (laughs) (laughs) weapons yeah. in this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i think there's a there's some fun to be had here i'm having more fun with these two issues than i am uh with all of the doug lock stuff because it's just mayhem you know it's like all right we're gonna we're gonna blow some stuff up
1: um, It's beautiful carnage yeah. it's still not very good well but i <laughs> don't i i read i read life signs and final sanction back to back Mm-hmm. And I was looking forward to Life Science and dreading Final Sanction, and that did a 180. There you go. When I actually read them, I said, "Okay, okay, I can, I can, I can date Final Sanction. It's not good, but hey, it it's, is, it is as ever, okay, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. So we know it's better than that. Do you like it better than Gen Next, I don't know no. if I, I don't no, know because... if I like it much less though.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't really think it has much else to offer though. You know, at least Generation Next was giving us introductions to characters that uh, you know, we we come to love in Generation X. Um this is just hey. This is very like 90s hack and slash. Um so I don't I don't know that it has that much more to offer.
1: I think so around there we have uh, Wolverine Volume Three, Number Six, which is the one where Nightcrawler's butts on the cover, which is kind of fun. Yeah, but I think this is better than that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I I don't know if I like it more than. I mean. For, as much as I don't love Fatal Attractions, Fatal Attractions does have, you know, more meaning and, and more substance to it. And I don't even know if I like this as much as the Silver Age Juggernaut introduction, which is, you know, a nice, fun, slow build. Um, That's
1: exactly is, where I was looking. All right. That's exactly where I was Dude, looking. Because
0: we're <laughs> like the phalanx. We have the hive mind going.
1: <laughs> I can. Can I be? Wait. You don't wear glasses, so I guess I get to be uh, Cameron Hodge, and you can be Stephen Lang. Uh, I totally wear glasses, but I'm
0: not going to fight you on whether I'm Cameron Hodge or not. So,
1: are your glasses? <laughs> do you wear small round glasses? No, that's and they're the not, big question,
0: and they're not cracked either. So you know, you got to you got to yeah. hold on to those even when you turn into a techno techno organic uh, crazy villain.
1: It does add a good little character to him, <laughs> and frankly, it's necessary when everyone is. <laughs> Uh, just yellow, yellow and black um,
0: made of yellow cornflakes
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's good that's
0: essentially what it looks like
1: All yeah, right, so- no but I've been like I've been going through the silver age uh, X-Men for a while and I can pretty definitively say that juggernaut story is better than this that juggernaut story has grown on me it's still not good but it's not the worst, and that's yeah. important,
0: yeah, all right so fifty nine eh?
1: yeah, this is going to be our new number fifty nine it's phalanx covenant final sanction, and now that 's past us, and now it's done did it, i what
0: we did we did it, it? <laughs> we made a covenant really? that we were going to do this, and we did it.
1: Do the phalanx show up i I think they show up a few years later in like the very late nineties. But I think after like, that's for one or two issues. And I think after that, they don't show up until Annihilation Conquest. they hmm? not missed. There's a real long time that they're not there. <laughs> that's okay. Which is okay. That's yeah, better probably. for everyone. <laughs> <I'm all right laughs> with uh, that. But that's good. Yeah. We now have 75 stories on this list. Yes. Which, which is pretty good guys. That's awesome. Uh, it's pretty solid keep them coming uh if yeah yeah if you uh like these stories and you want something built around a story that you suggested just like Retcon X did you can go over to patreoncom files and donate as little as $2 a month which gets you an episode in our queue of patreon supporters as of recording this we are booked till june just we've had an outpouring of patreon guys and gals, and really anyone who would like to support, they do. So thank you for doing that, everyone who's listening. Yes, thank you. oh uh, but but that does mean, like, if you want a suggestion before it gets cold again, and I know it's cold while you listen to this, we're <laughs> this is the scale we're talking. Let me get it in, get it in. We got some really fun stuff coming up. Yes, if you do. can't support the show uh, monetarily, you can always leave us a rating or a review on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or however you acquire your podcasts. It helps us move up in some rankings and get more people to experience the phalanx Covenant alongside us, which sure is something we want to assimilate them <laughs> with. We want we want to just bring them into our hive mind of, of weird X-Men stories that we somehow don't hate. Yeah. I love that. But yeah – uh beyond that, you can find the show on XavierFiles.com. That's also where I do weekly just articles about different X-Men characters. I forget who I'm supposed to be writing about when this goes up. It was Gladiator when a couple weeks ago. He was really fun. I think Pixie's around there.
0: Ooh, okay. That'll be fun.
1: No, uh there's oh yeah. Uh she's coming too. I don't know. There's a lot of fun stuff coming, guys. So, you know, you can go mosey on over there every Thursday. I'm also doing every Monday, uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, an article called X-Men Monday Roundup, where we go through the latest hints, the latest rumors, and the latest me stalking a lot of creators on Twitter to see what they're doing. (laughs) I like that
0: feature a lot. It's fun.
1: Yeah, I've essentially now just gone every time I see something interesting on Twitter saying, and save to my one notebook. And save over here, and save that over works. here. We'll get back to it. That yeah. works. it's it's exciting stuff. Well, what I really like about this is that I'm able. I've now started to see hints that were made month or two months ago turn into what's going to be solid, like more solid hints turn into what will be announcements. Which is pretty. It's pretty interesting to see that progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Also, Xavier Files on Twitter. Follow me there. It's pretty cool. I talk about X-Men and I post pictures from the Silver Age until I run out of them, which is like 20 issues away. But then I have all of John Byrne's hidden years to get through. I
0: don't know if you want to do that,
1: but okay. I think I have to. It's technically canon. Sure. Why not? Like, Adam. Yeah, it's all canon. Okay, That's that's just what they were doing. It's your job. Also, X-Men first class is canon. That's like. (laughs)
0: So dupes in that it's weird so weird i want to i want to go back and read that
1: yeah um, yeah look it's coming guys there's going to be at least one x-men first class story in the next three months
0: <laughs> nice.
1: or four months nice. however many hey adam where can people find you on the internet
0: Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacey, and I've got new pages of uh, the third Bish and Jube story, the search for Bish and Jubes, coming out every Monday on AdamReck.tumblr.com. so make sure to check that out.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Well, this week, instead of our normal telling you to get it and some fun little arcade chip tune beats, we have this cool track from Retcon X. So uh, go check it out. Uh, you can check in the... Uh, what is it? Just swipe over to your episode notes. We'll have a link to all of his stuff. It's pretty cool. And yeah, until then, guys, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience.